Good morning. This is the February 27th episode of the Daily Wrestling News Show. We're on a mission to teach, learn, and remember the history of professional wrestling with everyone who wants to join us. I'm John, and on today's episode, we're talking about what first ever live wrestling event was featured on the WWE Network on this day in 2014. Just a few days ago on episode 150 of the Daily Wrestling News Show, we talked about the monumental debut of the WWE Network on February 24th of 2014. The first day of programming was full of quote-unquote filler, as you might expect. There was a WrestleMania 1 Rewind, a countdown show dedicated to the WWE's coolest catchphrases, and multiple airings of the two-hour Beyond the Ring documentary, Greatest Rivalries, Shawn Michaels vs. Bret Hart, which you might have already owned on DVD. And of course, you couldn't watch the WWE Network for very long without being bombarded by the reminder that for just $9.99, you could watch this year's Showcase of the Immortals, WrestleMania 30, that coming April. But what was the first live wrestling event featured on the Fledgling Network? Well, the answer to that piece of trivia would be February 27th, 2014's airing of NXT Arrival from the campus of Full Sail University in Winter Park, Florida. The show opened with Triple H in the ring delivering his Are You Ready? catchphrase. Smiling like a proud papa, he would continue, quote, NXT is the next generation, and the next generation has arrived, unquote. After a short video package to hype the event, we go back to the ring as the voice of Tom Phillips, or Impact's Tom Hannafin, as we now know him, welcomed us to the NXT Arena, as they were calling it, for the opening match. Phillips was joined at the desk by Byron Saxton and William Regal. He would refer to NXT General Manager John Bradshaw Layfield's comments from the pre-show that this opening match would set the pace for the evening. That opening match, with Brandy Rhodes handling the introductions, would feature Sami Zayn taking on one of the real Americans, Cesaro. This would be match number four in an ongoing rivalry that had the audience chanting match of the year, match of the year, before the bell even rang. They were of course referencing their last meeting, a two out of three falls match in November of 2013. And before they were done tonight, you would find this match on any respectable list of 2014's best, a list that is littered with Cesaro matches that particular year. In this 23-minute war, Sammy would hit the Huluva kick but fail to get a three count. He would then counter a powerbomb ingeniously into a code red. But seconds later, after Sammy kicked out of a cover that followed a pop-up European uppercut at just one, an infuriated Cesaro would land a discus uppercut that packed some extra oomph and follow with the neutralizer for the win. Cesaro would take a bow and head up the ramp, only to pause, return to the ring, and pull a dejected Sammy to his feet as the crowd chanted, Hug it out. Because, of course, the Team Hell No saga was going on on the main roster at the time. And hug it out they did. And Sammy's face lit up like a Christmas tree, full of thankfulness for the respect he was so desperately seeking at the time. The match garnered four and a quarter stars, if you're into that kind of thing, and it seemed like the match of the night was in hand early on. But was it? Next up was C.J. Parker from the Moonchild Commune versus the Hype Man, Mojo Raleigh. You can probably already guess that this is not the match that pushed Sammy and Cesaro for the match of the night. 
I mean, no disrespect to Parker, or as we now know him, Rock Hard Juice Robinson, and his in-ring abilities, but his flower power gimmick and multicolored dreadlocks were pretty damn lame. Plus, well, Mojo Raleigh. Moving on. Match three of this nice, tidy six-match card was the Ascension defending the NXT Tag Team Championship against a pair of mystery opponents, which turned out to be Grandmaster Sexay and Scotty Tuhati of Too Cool. This match was exactly what it needed to be. A pair of former main roster tag team champions, but no one you would be astonished to see take a loss, being fed to a monster heel team on the rise. A team that, no less a connoisseur of tag team wrestling than Kevin Nash said on the pre-show, quote, had the total package in terms of their presentation, end quote. I know I'm in the vast minority of people who spend even a second caring about this, but I always thought that for how incredibly over the Ascension was in NXT, their horrendous mismanagement on the main roster was a crying shame. The tag champs retained with the fall of man on Scotty Tuhati after denying the NXT fans from witnessing the worm. Next, we see the nature boy Ric Flair in the audience, seated alongside his daughter Charlotte in the front row. And then we get a surprise visit from Mrs. H, as Stephanie McMahon takes a few moments to put over the Divas division and greet the combatants for the upcoming NXT Women's Championship match. Both the challenger Emma and champion Paige get a hearty handshake from the future CEO, and Steph holds the NXT Women's Belt high for the audience to see. These two divas had met in July of 2013 in the finals of a tournament to crown the inaugural NXT Women's Champion, and Paige's reign was just past eight months at this point. Paige was known for being among the youngest stars on WWE TV, at this point just 21 years of age. Emma was known for her bubbly, sometimes goofy personality. But in this 13-minute showcase, these two gave the world a peek at the next generation of women's wrestling, and the future was in good hands. After a highly entertaining and physical match, Paige would get the win with what I believe was the debut of the PTO, the Paige Tapout, her modified sharpshooter where she then captured her opponent's arms and lifted them off the ground, necessitating a verbal submission. The Wrestling Observer Newsletter would describe this contest as, quote, the best women's match in this promotion since the glory days of Trish Stratus and Lita, end quote. And the NXT crowd seemed to agree as they chanted for Divas, Divas. Next, we get another peek at the luminaries in attendance as Hall of Famers Pat Patterson and former NXT General Manager Dusty Rhodes are also spotted in the front row. Xavier Woods and Tyler Breeze are scheduled to face off next. But as their bad luck would have it, this was Rusev Day. Okay, it really wasn't. In fact, at this point, not only did Alexander Rusev not have a national holiday named after him, he still had a first name, but neither of those facts slowed down the super athlete from ripping through Woods and Breeze. One more shot of the front row reveals Larry Zbysko and Skinner, Steve Kern, in attendance. If you're wondering why the Alligator Hunter, whose WWF tenure lasted barely a year and a half, ranked a seat next to the living legend, well then you probably missed Vice TV's Tales from the Territory episode on Championship Wrestling from Florida, and the following morning's Daily Wrestling News Show Special Number 4, where Ryan and I discussed it further. In wrapping up the legacy of Championship Wrestling from Florida, Kern mentioned that when Vince McMahon decided to create his own developmental organization, Rather than just sending his up-and-coming stars to an already-established promotion for some work, he tapped Kern to get the ball rolling. 
The fruit of that collaboration was the 2007 creation of Florida Championship Wrestling as WWE's sole developmental territory, and FCW would be the direct predecessor of NXT. And with that, we're on to the main event. The third ever and longest reigning NXT champion, Bo Dallas, along with all his Bo Leavers, would be defending his 260-day title reign against a bastard from Newcastle, England, named Adrian Neville, in NXT's first ever ladder match. And you can't have a first ever ladder match without Shawn Michaels. Or at least, not on a show booked by Triple H, you can't. So HBK heads to the ring with the NXT title, immediately goes into business for himself, and eventually gets around to spending 10 or 12 seconds putting over the competitors in the main event. Both performing in their first ladder match, if we're to believe anything wrestlers tell us, Bo and the man we now know as Pac put on a hell of a showing. After slamming the reigning champ onto a collapsed ladder, the man who gravity forgot sprung to the top buckle and delivered the red arrow to his opponent, still draped across that downed ladder. Dallas would twitch and convulse his way out of the ring to the floor as the jumpin' Jordy set the ladder back up and started to climb. Bo tried to regather himself, but ran out of time as Neville got to the top and grabbed the strap while Bo was just reaching the first rung. The show closed with the crowning of the fourth ever NXT champion in a very exciting match. The WWE Network feed was not without its glitches on this first offering, but they worked out the kinks in time for a very smooth WrestleMania 30. The NXT brand would finally find a weekly home on the NXT Network until it got its big break in 2019 to join Raw on USA. But it all really got its jump start on this day in wrestling history, February 27, 2014, with the first live wrestling event to ever air on the WWE Network, NXT Arrival. Well, that's our show for today. The Daily Wrestling News Show is a Minutes to Bell Time production. Learn more at MinutesToBellTime.com. This episode was written by John DeConte. Subscribe to the Daily Wrestling News Show on your podcast player of choice and join us in the Daily Wrestling News Show Facebook group.